0: Be seated. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. How are we doing today? Yeah, looks like we are charged and ready to go. So I would like to invite our children uh, for prayer. This is the time to release them, set them free. No, part of the will not meet today because we don't have time yet. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Please. Wow, look at them. Look at them. Yes, let us pray for boys, boys, and then for girls. Let us bless them. May God make you like Ephraim and Menashe. And for girls. May God make you like Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel and Leah. Lord, bless them in the name of Yeshua. Lord, be with them. Lead them, Lord. And also, Lord, we ask for blessing upon our Shabbat school teachers, Lord. Be with them today in the name of Yeshua the Messiah. We bless them. Oh man, you are free. You can go.
1: <laughs> Look at him. Jesus. Well
0: a welcome toed. Good morning,
1: <laughs> and shabat shalom, everyone, and uh, to inter- Zara Bar, Miss Bacar all the family of Halloween. So we just thank you, Lord, for being here today. I'm really grateful. And I want to remind you of these little blue cards. You can fill them out. our first-time visitors. And you can fill them out and put them in our the, uh, offering dish. So, Tadaribah, uh, Bokachol, and Shem. I'm so glad to be here. And you're welcome, everyone. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. See you. Isn't it wonderful to see Sam walking? Yes. Yes, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So if you'll just bow your heads with me, if the ushers will come forward, we will do our offering. So Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your presence in our lives. I thank you for your bounty. I thank you that we have food on our tables, that we live in peace. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, for your mighty saving grace. And so Lord, we ask you to bless this offering. In Yeshua's name we pray.
2: Amen. amen. Uh, before we pray for our loved ones that are battling illnesses, just want a quick announcement. Since we have the use of the building now throughout the whole Saturday, so we invite you to join us. There will be a few of us that will be staying here over, and later on we'll have worship and, uh, and the Shabbat with Avdallah. If you want to come back, um, if you want to bring food for fellowship, we can talk about the portion today. And next week, we're going to have a Q&A with Rabbi Yuri. So bring all your questions for next week, and then we're going to do that one every first Saturday of the month. We're going to have a havdalah and a Q&A with Rabbi Yuri. And if you want to join us, we're going to stay here until that one this afternoon. We, we want to do it like around 4 o'clock. So by six o'clock you can go home again so whoever is able we invite you and so lord we just want to thank you for this opening lord god for us to have more fellowship with one another and bob all we'll worship you lord god through our fellowship i want to lift up those that are still uh battling illnesses lord god like elmer here uh, elmer hill uh becky's dad um virginia elizabeth's sister Uh, Jeanette's uh, father who was brought to the hospital too and both Virginia also and thank you for the miracle of Elmer Parish how you sustained him with the treatment that he had Thank you so much. And for for all the others, I don't have the time to mention each one of them, but you know them by name. And from the Torah portion, we thank you, Lord, because you are our strength in our salvation. And we thank you also for the salvation of your people, Israel. Be with them. Help the security forces. Protect them from terrorist attacks and from all the threats that are around them. Thank you because you promise you will bring near your righteousness to them because it's not far off. And your salvation will no longer be delayed in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Thank you you so much.
0: Yeah, in case I need to have two microphones. (laughs) Who knows what can happen. So again, Shabbat Shalom. Beautiful morning to worship the Lord. Brenda, we're so happy to see you back. So good. So good. So wonderful time, wonderful. So let us. um, I need to to do a few announcements before. I'm already forget about what I need to do. So we have first of all Anek. After the service, we will have Anek, and the next Shabbat Q&A. Please be careful with your questions. (laughs) You can have all the questions you want, and it's answer up to me what I want to answer. Specifically about Messianic Judaism, about this uh, time we spent together uh, learning about Messianic Judaism. Also, uh, please sign up for our oneg. You are welcome to sign up and bring food. Thank you so much for doing that. You are the blessing for us. Also, uh, prayer meeting, we started at 5 here. We pray uh, intercession prayer for, for our congregation. And then, at 6, we are learning about spiritual gifts. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it is a wonderful thing to do. Amen. It is a beautiful time. So, uh, and also, Purim. Purim 2023. Can you imagine? So, if you don't have any talents, please sign up with K. Kat is there. Kat, can you stand up, please? We need to see you. Please sign up. <laughs> so, and again, if you don't have any gifts, please sign up. <laughs> yeah, so. Less okay. gifts, more fun. It's a pouring time. So, uh, you can uh, have it after the service. This is a small uh, announcement. You can find it. Everything is there. Okay, so today we will continue with our message, and uh, today is the third part about Messianic Judaism. So for you who are the first time today, probably it would be something, you know, what is talking about Messianic Judaism, part three. So you can find the part one and part two on YouTube, and... uh, Look at it, watch it, and remember things from there. So let us pray together. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the Universe, who sanctifies us with His commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. Amen. I have a question. Q and A. First Q and A for today. Uh, Who was here last Shabbat? And previous one? Have you taken anything for yourself from this teaching about Messianic Judaism? Who slept through all the time? (laughs) I know, it is uh, part one, part two, part three. Usually we do Torah portions, but now it's kind of time. So the next Shabbat we'll talk about uh, prophecies about coming Messiah and about his his work on this earth. Today I want to continue to speak about who we are as messianic believers in the Jewish world. I will address the two most essential points that makes us messianic believers and set us apart from the rest of the Jewish religious world. Also, I want to remind you that it is my perspective, it's my perspective. And I am sure that there is more than one perspective of, on Messianic Judaism. More than one. So, last week we talked about a few major movements in Judaism during Yeshua's time. Josephus, a Jewish writer, states that there were few main Jewish sects at the time. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Essenes, and the Zealots, four. So, let us look at what happened after the great tragedy of the destruction of the second temple in 70 AD. So, you remember we talked about Saddu- Sadducees last time, we spent a long time talking about them. So, the Sadducees, the priests and the Levites have lost their political and spiritual authority in Israel because... Their theology was built mainly on the temple system, temple sacrifices. So, when the temple was destroyed, there were no more uh, uh, priests and Levites in the temple. It's obvious, very simple. And many of them became Messianic believers because they were aware of prophecies about the coming Messiah and could see their fulfillment in Yeshua. Many... Sadducees, many Levites, many priests became believers in Yeshua the Messiah. After the destruction of the temple, the Sadducees appear only in a few references in the Talmud. So, the Roman Empire armies um, destroyed Zealots and Essenes. And also, we know from the historical documents, Many of them became Yeshua's followers because they accepted Yeshua as the Messiah because he was uh, the one who accomplished the prophecies. And after the destruction of the second temple, Pharisaic beliefs became the foundational, liturgical and ceremonial basis for rabbinical Judaism. So Pharisees became the main party in Israel at the time. So, their religious doctrines were based on developing new rules, commandments and traditions. Pharisees began to develop and form doctrines and teachings in the small Israeli town of Yavne. It is a small town in Israel. With the help of Rome, Yohanan ben Zakkai, a leading Pharisee, was appointed the first patriarch, the Hebrew word Nasi or prince. And he reestablished the Sanhedrin, the religious court, at Yavne, under the Pharisees' control. That is a history, you can find it in the book of uh, uh, Josephus, and it's very obvious there. So, and here's the next steps. Instead of offerings and sacrifices at the now destroyed temple, because temples were not anymore in Jerusalem, The rabbis in Yavne developed that replacement system of beliefs. Because there were no uh, temple, no sacrifices, we should do something to keep Judaism going on. Their doctrines were focused on the uh, preservation of Jewish identity. And this is why the modern Judaism or rabbinical Judaism is not biblical in the sense of... uh, Torah because there is no temple there is no sacrifice and sacrifices were the main part of the biblical Judaism so I want to share a few main focuses of their development so first first was how to save the Jewish identity without the temple and it was a huge task because all Jewish life was built around the temple everything in the temple. If you read Torah, everything was about the sacrifice in the temple. Now, here's the task. How to preserve Judaism without the temple? And again, uh, I would like to tell you that it is my impression about these things and there's more than one opinion about these things. Sure. And if you're not interested, you can (laughs) Sleep closely, <laughs> quiet. No, yeah, quiet. Don't need to to be loud. So what happened there? So Pharisees came up with the idea to replace the sacrifices in the temple by keeping the rules and commandments, developing traditions and sacred knowledge they established oral torah because of that of this task how to preserve judaism without the temple so we need to come up with something else instead of temple so i want to give few examples from the teachings of modern or rabbinical judaism for example the correct and attentive reading and pronunciation of prayers from the siddur the jewish prayer book is considered equal to animal sacrifices in the temple when you read it uh, when you reading the uh, prayers and immersed in that it is considered to be as you bring the sacrifice in the temple this is one of the reasons why there is a tradition of bobbing during the recitation of the certain prayers doing like that because you immerse him in, in the prayers, which means you are bringing sacrifices in the temple. It's not as innocent as it looks at the first glance. Yeah, it has very deep roots of replacement theory. More evidence of unbiblical tradition is some of the branches of Judaism. Is the rooster sacrifice on Yom Kippur? Who knows about it? Yeah, I know about it. Yeah. According to tradition, a religious Jew must cut off the head of a rooster and then wave the body of a rooster over his head, say a redemptive prayer while imagining a sacrifice in the temple. So, And there are many more examples of uh, substitutes of the temple, which definitely doesn't work in the eyes of the Lord, as you mentioned. This is why rabbinical Judaism is not based on the Bible and not the Judaism of the times of Yeshua. It's different because of all these reasons. In order to simplify and avoid the rulings of the written Torah that spoke about the Messiah and the Temple sacrifice and much more, they developed a new set of laws and orders called Oral Torah, Which consisted of the oral laws, interpretations, and traditions. Transmitted by God to Moses orally. And then memorized and passed down by Moses and his successors over the generations. It's called oral Torah. So the Lord gave secret knowledge to Moses. He didn't tell anyone. He kept it secret. He found one or two successors. He shared with them. Then they shared with somebody else. And after something year, they decided to write it. I promise you, if you, you know this small A, you say something on, on the ear, and at the end, it will be totally different. Even this part already found story. So, they developed sacred teachings through oral Torah and later Kabbalah. Is sacred teaching. By the way, Sadducees and Essenes did not share a belief in the Oral Torah at all. They didn't believe in the Oral Torah, which was practiced exclusively by the Pharisees. The second essential goal was the battle for the purity of the religion, the fight against heresies. This was the second goal of Yavne, rabbinical uh, school. So, these two questions became a big part of rabbinical Judaism and Jewish Orthodox theology. As you can imagine, the biggest threat to Pharisees was the Messianic movement because it was the most influential and rapidly growing movement in the Jewish world at the time. So, after the Second Temple was destroyed, only one group of people in Judaism had the answer as to why. It happened. Mm-hmm. Only one. Sadducees were destroyed because there no temple, no Sadducees. Because Sadducees, they were priests and Levites. As sins were destroyed because they were rebelled against Rome. Uh, Pharisees developed new system. After the temple system was destroyed, Messianic Jews had the answer. Yeshua, the Messiah, became the atoning sacrifice once and forever. (laughs) And he became the center of worship and the only way to salvation. And according to Talmud, if you uh, know the history about that, uh, after Yeshua's death, to the Lord stopped accepting Yom Kippur's service, uh, sacrifices. Because Yeshua, he is our Yom Kippur yeah. and yeah. he is our best yeah. So, again, again, I want to mention the uniqueness of Messianic Judaism. Messianic Judaism is built on the foundation of trust in the Lord and personal relationships of, with him, the living faith. So we believe in the living God who is present today with us. We believe in Yeshua, the Messiah, who is alive, who is risen. I can imagine these women came to his grave to cry there and there is no stone on the grave. And there is no body. And they are crying and the angel came and said, Why are you crying? Girls! (laughs) Women, why are you crying? he said, Somebody stole our Lord and Messiah. And you remember what he said? He is not there anymore. He is reason. He is alive. He is present today. And he's with us actually. His presence is here. I can feel his presence. Right before the service we prayed uh, in the children's Shabbat school area and we felt, I felt that anointing was very tender today, very tender anointing love of the Lord is here, he loves you he wants to hug you he wants to accept you, he wants to forgive you, he wants to be with you he wants to heal you it is his heart So, orthodox or, uh, let's say, uh, rabbinical Judaism is built on the observance of traditions and sacred knowledge that substitute the temple sacrifices and faith. So, we keep our trust in the scriptures, Tanakh and Britah Adashah, and from this point, everything added is heresy and sin. So, this is very important to remember. Joshua chapter 8, if you have your Bibles with you. Joshua chapter 8. What about oral Torah? I would like to read one place and you can find much more, many more. I just want to read one place. Joshua chapter 8, verse 34 and verse 35. It is about sacred knowledge. Then afterward, he read all the words of the Torah. Let's say all the words of the Torah. So, Joshua read all the words of the Torah. The blessing and the curse, So, which is a nice part of the Torah, <laughs> we love, and a difficult part of the Torah, we don't like sometimes. So, he read everything, according to all that is written in the book of the Torah, everything, Verse 35. There was not a word. I mean, I came from Ukraine. Can you help me to understand? What does it mean? There is not a word.
1: Everything.
0: Everything. Today we worship and we read from the Torah. This is is it. This is what the Lord gave to Moses. Nothing else. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded, that Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel, and I love this, including the women and the little ones, and the outsiders walking among them. There is no place or mention of an oral Torah or the sacred knowledge of the scriptures, no oral Torah, the written Torah of Moses, given by God to Moses. The entire Torah of God was received by Moses and passed to the assembly of Israel. So, historically, the Messianic movement is the oldest Jewish religious movement, beginning long before uh, rabbinical school in yavne one of the most significant moments in the history was the birth of the first Messianic congregation in Jerusalem on the day of Shavuot, Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, let us read together. Acts chapter 2, verse 2, one 2. When the day of Shavuot had come, they were all together in one place. Uh, which is a miracle, you know, to Jews, three opinions, you know. Yeah. Can you imagine 120 Jews? How many opinions this? I'm not a mathematician, I don't know. I just I give up. A lot of opinions there. They were all together in one place. Suddenly, there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words, Yeshua HaNatsrati, Yeshua from Nazareth, a man, uh, said it, by God, with mighty deeds and wonders and signs, God performed through him in your midst, as you yourself know. This Yeshua God raised up, we all are witnesses, therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and receiving from the Father the promise of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. He poured out these, what you now see and hear. And verse 36. Therefore, let the whole house of Israel know for certain that God has made Him, this Yeshua, whom you had crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Verse 38. Peter said to them, Repent, shuvah, and let each of you be immersed in the name of Messiah Yeshua for the removal of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, in verse 41. So those who received his message were immersed. So that day about 3,000 souls were added. It was Jewish souls. It was Jewish souls in Jerusalem. Yeah. One of the unique sides of the early Messianic movement was that it consisted, it consisted of all layers of society. People from many parties and classes uh, hostile to each other came to faith, left the principles and teachings that separated them and became part of the Messianic community from different backgrounds. They were united by faith in Yeshua on the basis of the Torah and the prophets. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. You have been built on the foundation made up of the emissaries and prophets. With Messiah Yeshua himself being the cornerstone. Prophets and Torah and Yeshua the cornerstone one of the more uh, very instructive passages from the New Testament it's Second Timothy chapter 3 if you can open it with me it would be great Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 5 and verse uh, 16 uh, I'm sorry 15 and 16 Second Timothy 3 15 and 16 and then from childhood you have known the holy writings let us say together holy writings very important to remember that you are able to make your wise leading to salvation through trusting in Messiah Yeshua. All scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for restoration, and for training in righteousness. Wonderful place. In his letter to Timothy, who later became the leader of the growing Messianic community in Ephesus, Rabbi Shaul, Apostle Paul, commands Timothy to study the scriptures, the holy scriptures, holy writings. Today, almost all Christian, uh, Christians know this passage by heart. But few people think about what scriptures the Apostle Paul is talking about. When he wrote the letter to Timothy, the book of the New Testament, in the form we know we know it now, had not yet been completed. There were no New Testament at that time. Right. So the Holy Writings, the Holy Scriptures, it was Tanakh, Torah and Prophets. Amen. Remember that, please. From childhood, Timothy studied the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures many know as the Old Testament. And the Bible calls it the Holy Scriptures. Wow, what a wonderful revelation for many people. Many Jews became part of the Messianic movement and became bearers of the good news to all the peoples of the earth. And Acts chapter 21 verse 20. I love this place. It is one of the uh, profound places in the book of Acts. Acts 21 20. And then, and when they heard, they began glorifying God. They said, you see, brother, how many myriads there are among the Jewish people who have believed. (laughs) And they are all zealous of the Torah. I love this. The original text says, tens of thousands of religious Jews from various branches of Judaism became believers in Yeshua the Messiah. Tens of thousands religious Jews from all kinds of branches of Judaism became believers in Yeshua the Messiah, which is Messianic Jews. And here's the very important part I would like to capture your attention. And um, again, very important to understand what I want to say here. They did not become followers of a new religion. There was not such religion as Christianity at the time. I mean, official religions. So they became Messianic believers. Simply Jews who believed in Messiah. Simple. For the first time in history, believers in Antioch began to call themselves Christians. And it's Acts chapter 11. It says here, The disciples were first called Christianoi in Greek, Christianoi. Christianoi in Greek means followers of Christ in Greek. In Hebrew, followers of the Son. So, let's take a closer look at who were the first disciples of Yeshua. So, Matthew chapter 4. He saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother. They were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. So, fishermen. The second, IRS. (laughs) Yeah, IRS, it says. Matthew chapter 10, verse 3. Matthew, the IRS collector. (laughs) Tax collector. (laughs) Have mercy on us, Lord, please. Amen. Matthew 21. Yeshua said to them, Amen, I tell you, the tax collectors and prostitutes are going ahead of you into the kingdom of God. So, sinners, former prostitutes <coughs> who were delivered by Yeshua's mercy, became his followers. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Now, in the Antioch community, there were prophets and teachers. then Brought up since childhood with Herod, the tetrarch. Wow! Manan grew up and was brought up together with King Herod. He grew together with King Herod. He became one of the teachers and prophets in the Antioch congregation. So the people of upper classes became followers of Messiah. This one is funny one. Luke chapter 8, verse 3. Follow me, please. Luke 8, 3. Jo- Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's finance minister. Can you imagine? Herod's finance minister. So he's responsible for all, all finances in the king's, Herod's uh, place. And his wife, it says here, and many others were supporting them out of their own resources. So, wife of Herod's finance minister. Followed Yeshua. And supported Yeshua and his ministry. By Herod's finances. I think. I'm joking. But, you know. So, people who were in upper class. Followed Yeshua. Member of the zealot party. You remember Simon who were called zealot. He followed Yeshua. Members of the Sadducee party. Sadducee party. Acts chapter 6 verse 7. And um, I just want to mention a few more and we'll pray. Acts Acts chapter 6 verse 7. The word of God kept on spreading. And the number of disciples in Jerusalem greatly multiplied. Let us say greatly multiplied. (laughs) Greatly multiplied. Uh, some historians said that uh, Jerusalem congregation was were about uh, 10,000 people. At that time, it was almost all Jerusalem. Wow. All Jerusalem became Messianic believers. Wow. So greatly multiplied, even a great number of the Kahani priests were becoming obedient to the faith, because they saw Yeshua as the accomplishment of prophecies about the coming Messiah, and they, they became Messianic believers, they were priests, and believed in Yeshua the Messiah, beautiful, our people in the temple, it's good, good to have our people in the temple, yeah, For sure. And the last one, John chapter 19, verse 38 and 39. After these things, when Yeshua was crucified, after his crucifixion, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate if he could take Yeshua's body away. Joseph was a disciple of Yeshua, actually he was a Pharisee. But secretly, secretly, for fear of the Judean leaders, Pilate gave permission. So Joseph came and took the body away. In verse 39, Nicodemus again, Pharisee, one of the leaders of the Pharisee party, who had first visited Yeshua at night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, aloes, about a hundred pounds. So. Pharisees also followed Yeshua. So you see how different was the Messianic movement. People from all the classes, all the parties became believing in Yeshua. So today, Messianic Judaism is a movement of congregations and synagogues, not just individuals. The word movement means a global change in society, especially among the body of Messiah. Today we see a miraculous fulfillment of the prophecies of the restoration of the Jewish people. And as the, as the Jewish Messianic community, we are called to fulfill God's most essential prophecies related to the spiritual restoration of the Jewish people. And next Shabbat, we will talk about prophecies about Yeshua. And actually, we will see prophecies about us. You will be able to see yourself in the prophecies. It's a good
1: thing.
0: Wow. You will be able to put your name there and say, wow. Surely, I'm there. Derek, wow, I'm here. (laughs) You'll be able to do so. So, I want to conclude with the fulfillment of the prophecies of the Torah and the Scriptures. John chapter 3. If you can open with me. uh, Yohanan or John chapter 3. Verses 16 through verse 18. This is the last place for today. For God. Father. So loved the world. That he gave. His one. And only son. Yeshua. That whoever. Believes in him. Whoever. Pharisees. Sadducees. People from other nations. It doesn't matter. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. Verse 18. The one who believes in him is not condemned. No more condemnation. But whoever does not believe has been condemned already. Not because the Son condemned, but sin. Because of the sin. Because He has not put His trust in the name of the One and only ben Elohim, Son of God. Yeshua the Messiah. Today you can have forgiveness and experience the love of God in your life. And remember, there is no temple in Jerusalem. There is no temple in Jerusalem. There is no more blood sacrifices. But Yeshua is our temple. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So let us stand together and I would like to invite uh, Rabbi Ina, their Rachel, let us conclude our service with a prayer.
1: As I speak these words over you, always remember that no matter what happens to you throughout the entire week, that he is the Prince of Peace, the Prince of Shalom. And one thing about his Shalom I have found as I have gotten older, that despite the tribulations, despite the hardships, his Shalom always reminds us that his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, just like we prayed earlier. His kingdom is not of this world. And we have a home with him forever. Amen. Amen? Yes Adonai, Adonai, Venav Lecha, Ve'yosem Lecha, Shalom. Shabbat Shalom Mishukhad. And
0: the last prayer for today, Baruch Atah Adonai, Eloheinu, Menech Olam, Hamot Shem Lechem, Menech Olam, Amen. You are welcome to join us in our Enech. Vielen so, Dank. Okay.